Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year-long crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible. We'll include excerpts from his spoken ministry, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as the divine life as revealed in the Bible. We hope that through these studies, you'll be brought into a deeper enjoyment of the scriptures and of our dear and precious Lord Jesus. You can contact us by sending email to radio at lsm.org or reach us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. Now, let's join today's program. What does it mean to follow the Lord? As believers, we all should have this desire that day by day, even moment by moment, we want to take the way that He is directing. We've probably heard the Christian life described as a journey, And this is a valid way to look at the Christian life. But a surprising thing to many of us is that once we finally give ourselves to follow him on this journey, the way he often leads us is not what we expected or hoped for. Well, this was also the case for the Lord's disciples in the first century, as we see unfolded in the Gospel of Luke. And we'll look at that today. Ed Marks has joined us for more fellowship from the Life Study of Luke. Ed, welcome back. Yeah, Chris, it's good to be back. I think that uh, these stories we see in Luke chapter 8 will really help us in our Christian journey, to experience the Lord in a particular way so that he can take us on in his purpose. The three stories, Ed, that we're going to look at in chapter 8 today, first, the story I think most Christians are familiar with, and that is the stormy sea that the disciples found themselves confronted by. The Lord had asked them to step into the boat and cross over with him to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And uh, he is sleeping, and all of a sudden the storm and the waves are uh, blowing and raging, and it's quite an alarming situation. We'll see that story touched today. Then, uh, as soon as they arrive at the other side, they're confronted by a demon possession case that is uh, quite extreme. And then the third story that follows in Luke 8 regards a woman who had been suffering with a particular ailment called a flow of blood for 12 years. So these three cases today are um, all being presented in the Gospel of Luke to show us something about the journey that really is the Christian life, aren't they? Yes, Chris. You know, and we pointed out in past programs that each gospel presents a particular view of the Lord. Right. And in Luke, we see him in a particular way as the man-savior, how he was a genuine man, a perfect man, with the divine attributes expressed in his human virtues. And so in Luke, when these three stories are presented, what we will see in this broadcast is the things that confront us on our Christian journey. And Chris, in particular, we need to experience the Lord as the man-savior. We need to enjoy and participate even in his perfect humanity that's mingled and soaked with God. And uh, I think we'll get a lot of help on our Christian journey from this. Okay, let's look at the first story today. Uh, begins at chapter 8, verse 22. And on one of the days, he and his disciples got into a boat, and he said to them, Let us go over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. And while they were sailing, he fell asleep, and a windstorm came down upon the lake, and they began to fill with water, and were in danger. And they came to him and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. And being awakened, 
He rebuked the wind and the surging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. And he said to them, Where is your faith? And they became frightened and marveled, saying to one another, Who then is this, that he orders even the winds and the water, and they obey him? Amazing, Ed. Even the winds and the water obeyed the Lord's command. That in itself shows us something, doesn't it? It does, and we'll see this as Brother Lee shares with us. We come to a message that uh, covers uh, three points. Uh, number one, quelling the storm. Number two, casting out a legion of demons. And number three, healing a woman with a flow of uh, blood and uh, raising up a dead girl. These three things are put together to show the journey, the way we, the believers, Father the Lord, would take. And this journey was not chosen by them, but was ordained by the Savior. You could see it was the Lord that told the disciples, let us go on to cross over the lake. So this journey was not something chosen by the disciples, but it was something uh, ordained by the Lord. And this indicates after we become the real members of his body, we don't have the right to choose our way. We must take the way chosen by him. We must take the way ordained by him. Then the disciples moved at his word. They uh, took a journey at his word. He said, let's go over to the other side. So they took his word, but the storm came. And the water invaded the boat. So they (laughs) called on the name of the Lord. Master, Master. They called on the name, and the master heard their calling. He didn't rebuke the disciples, but he rebuked the wind and the water. You know, when we rebuke, we don't rebuke anything with our life. Have you ever rebuked a tree? At least you have to rebuke a cat, a dog, right? You don't rebuke a piece of marble. Why the Lord rebuked the wind that has no life? Because behind the wind and the water, there were the demons and the evil spirit. Well, we are taking our journey to follow the Lord, even to go together with him. The enemies, the evil spirit in the air and the demons underneath the water always cause trouble to frustrate our way. Uh, Ed, that's one insight that I think we don't want to miss. The fact that he rebuked the wind and the water indicates there's something behind the scenes taking place here. But I want to draw our focus to this point about this way being taken by the disciples was not their choice, but his. And yet they're also met with difficulties. Interesting, isn't it, Ed? Yeah, Chris. And there are a few points that really touch me with this, Chris. The first thing, like you said, is that the way of our Christian journey is not ordained by us. It's ordained by the Lord. And we need to be, as Christians, we need to realize we cannot choose our own way. 
The Lord is our head. He's our Lord. He's our master. We need to allow him to choose our way. You know, in our daily life, in our family life, even in our church life. You know, there's this popular song. Maybe it's still popular when you and I were young people. You know, there's this song that said, I did it my way. Right. Well, the Christian life is not that. We don't want to do it our way. We want to do it the Lord's way. And Chris, just practically, I would like to encourage our listeners, whatever we do, you know, whether we're choosing a college as a young person, Uh whether we're going for a job interview or we want a job or who we're going to marry, we should consult the Lord about everything. We should say, Lord, I open this thing up to you. I give this matter to you. I want you to choose my way for me. This is very, very important. And then along with this, Chris, you know, the Lord, he's the one who said, let us go over to the other side of the lake. Right. Many times, you know, the Lord will take us on a way, and we think that'll be a smooth way. <laughs> but it's not a smooth way. Just like this, that they confronted storms. You know, and and like the winds and the waves, really, it was the demons behind that trying to frustrate them from getting to the other side, carrying out the Lord's word. And we need to realize as we follow the Lord, his enemy will try to frustrate us. But we need to believe in his word and take his word. You know, Chris, I could never forget personally, the Lord leads us all in different ways. But I remember that in my experience, when the Lord was leading me, to get a graduate degree. You know, I had opened to the Lord, and the Lord really led me that way. It was a way that I wouldn't have taken in myself. And I remember how hard that was to do that, you know, Uh at that time with, you know, I was married, I had some children. But the Lord has used that, you know, in my service, you know, to prepare me in some way. But my point is, is I remember going through that and thinking, man, I just don't know if I should do this. You know, there were winds and waves. Right. And then the Lord just reminded me, didn't I speak this to you, that you would go to the other side of the lake, so to speak? And the Lord reminded me of this word here, and I just realized I just need to believe the Lord's word that I'm going to get through this and get to the other side. And there's going to be something at that other side that's good for his purpose. So I think this is very practical that we need to consult with the Lord about everything. And when the Lord commissions us to do something, we just believe his word and stand on his word regardless of the winds and the waves in our environment. It really becomes a question then of what are we going to look at as the disciples experienced. Of course, they looked at what we would probably look at, and that's the winds and the waves. But if they'd looked at the Lord and saw him sleeping, maybe that would have told them something, Ed. Exactly, Chris. And Brother Lee is going to share on this. You know, we'll we'll see that we need to keep our eyes focused on the Lord, and we need to keep our hearts open and focused on his word. And and Brother Lee will share something about this in this segment. Ed, we are going to hear Witness Lee pick up this point again of keeping our eyes focused on the Lord and on his word when we're following him, in spite of all of the negative things that seem to be going on around, as the disciples experienced here in the boat uh, with the wind raging and the storm. But the Lord's word, again, was sufficient to get them across. And even upon their arrival on the other side of the lake, there's another situation regarding demons, but they're cast out by their following the Lord. That's the portion Witness Lee will bring to us just ahead. We all have to learn the lesson. Whenever on the journey, following the Lord, there might be some storm. Don't look at the storm, but look at the Lord. Don't care for the storm, but care 
prepare for his word. He did say, let us go over to the other side. You know, whatever the Lord says, whatever he speaks, that's it. He said, let's go over to the other side of the lake. That's it. Regardless what can storm, we'll go over. Remember and believe in the word of the Lord. And don't look at the environment, circumstances. Rather, you look at the resting Lord. Which one would you follow? Would you follow the storm? Or would you follow the resting Lord? We better and say, Lord, as you are sleeping, I am sleeping with you. Yeah. How about this? But to say this is easy. <laughs> to practice is not so easy. I have been practicing this over a half century. I still haven't finished the lesson. Well, we are taking the way ordained by the Lord. You be assured the Lord would be resting and the enemy would be busy. All the spirits and demons will be busy to frustrate your journey. But don't forget that it's not your journey. That is the Lord's journey. You are just journeying with him. You are taking his way. And he is on the way with you. He's right in the boat. Right now, he was found out at the destination. There are full of demons. Just one person was possessed by a legion of demons. Let me say this. This surely corresponds with our experiences. When we take the Lord's way, when we would journey with Him, storms would be raised up. Don't be bothered by that. You have to follow His resting. Surely you will get through. Because He said, let go over to the other side of the lake. Right? The demons would be cast out. Ed, this was really an encouraging word. Uh, here the disciples following the Lord, confronted by all these difficulties, yet his word in that following is always sufficient, isn't it, to deal with whatever confronts us if we're really following him. Yes, that's right, Chris. And I'd like to emphasize these two things again, that regardless of what happens to us on our Christian journey, winds, waves, storms we encounter, we need to keep our eyes focused on the Lord. Look at the Lord. You know, uh, Chris, in Hebrews 12, verse 2, there's this little phrase. It says, well, actually, verses 1 and 2, it says, Let us run with endurance the race which is set before us, looking away to Jesus. So how do we run the Christian race? How do we take the Christian journey? We have to keep our heart turned to the Lord, and we have to keep the eyes of our heart focused on the Lord. Anything else is a disappointment and a discouragement. Only the Lord himself, he will never discourage us. He will never disappoint us. We have to keep our eyes fixed on him. And then secondly, we have to care for his word, his speaking to us. Chris, I couldn't help thinking of another example from my experience. I remember that when the Lord led my wife and I to move from one city to another city for his interests, and we got to that city, and oh, the just the circumstances were so difficult, probably the most difficult that I've ever encountered. 
And I remember going to the Lord and saying, Lord, was this a mistake? You know, did I really right. hear you? Right. Did you really want me to move here? And every time I contacted the Lord, it seemed like he was just sleeping in the boat. You know, he just <laughs> – and when I contacted him, I had the peace. Right. But when I started considering in my mind and my emotions, it was just like a hurricane. But every time I contacted him within, I had the peace deep within, regardless of this difficult environment, that this is where he wanted me to be. And, Chris, this is why we have to consult the Lord and everything. We have to care for his word. We have to look away to him. And, you know, it's interesting. They went to the other side, and then you think, okay, we get to the other side. Maybe it'll be a nice environment. But then, you know, the Lord has to cast out these demons. Right. And we need to realize the Lord will send us places, and when we get there, the red carpet isn't rolled out for us. A difficult environment awaits us, just like in Acts uh, 16. You remember the Lord led Paul and his co-workers to go to Macedonia, right. and there wasn't a red carpet and a brass band waiting there for him, but they got thrown in prison. But out of that situation when they were in prison, you know, of course, we know that they were praying and singing, he and Silas and the prison doors opened up, and this jailer and his family got saved. And that was the start of the church in Philippi. So see, something marvelous came out of a seemingly harsh and puzzling circumstance. So I think these are all helps to us on the journey of our Christian life, to look at the Lord and to care for his word, and then his purpose will be accomplished through us. Yeah, the Bible, and especially the New Testament, is very consistent on this point. I'm glad you brought up Paul as an example. We have not only the story of the disciples with the Lord in the Gospels, but Paul's life. Certainly, he was on the journey. He was following the Lord, and yet, place after place, not just this one, this well-known account, but time after time, he's confronted with difficulty and opposers and uh, slander and even threats to his physical body, all manner of things befalling him by following the Lord. Yet, through that, he learned this lesson that I think we're all endeavoring to learn, and that is to keep our eyes and our attention focused on the Lord himself and the word that he has given us. Exactly, Chris. And I think actually all of these storms on our Christian journey are actually a confirmation that we're following the Lord. You know, if everything was easy and smooth, we wouldn't be taking the Lord's way. You know, and so in the midst of all this, again, we need to keep looking at the Lord and keep caring for his word. Well, Ed, we move now to the next case accounted in Luke chapter 8, and that is of a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years, and she spent all of her livelihood on physicians, and yet she could not be healed by anyone. And she approached the Lord from behind and touched the fringe of his garment, and instantly her flow of blood stopped. This is really symbolic of much of what we confront day by day in the world situation that we uh, have to encounter. Here's Witness Lee once more. He went to a place where <laughs> another case came. That was a woman who had a flow of blood. This means a case of blood leaking. Blood leaking simply means to lose life. Blood leaking simply is life leaking. We have to realize the entire foreign society is leeching life. It's a life-leeching society. And the result is death. And today, in our journey, following Christ, wherever we go, we meet this kind of situation. We meet a society full of demons. 
right? And full of dirty business. And if we turn our way to another place, then we meet the blood leaking, life leaking, the dying society. This is the real case. The Lord ordained a way for us to take. And this is the journey that we should take. And we are not journeying by ourselves. We are journeying at His Word with Him among us. Even with Him in us. He's right in the boat. Don't think your way will be all the way so safe. Rather, you'll be prepared to face all storms. But don't care for the storms because you are journeying at His Word. Hallelujah. We surely will get through. Regardless how many storms would rise up, we would get through. Ed, it seems like this is really the case. Either we confront a dirty uh, situation in the world that we have to deal with, or we see a situation where life is just leaked away completely and death seems to be everywhere. A lot of uh, people over the ages trying to follow the Lord, realizing this is really the situation in the world, try to run away to a mountaintop or a monastery or seclude themselves. But that is not what the Lord has for us in this kind of environment, is it? No, it's not, Chris. And I think one thing that's really helped me, Chris, is that actually the Lord did two things when he was on this earth. He contacted God and he contacted people. And this is what we need to do. We need to stay in contact with the Lord by looking at him, by caring for his word. And then we get him as our supply to contact people with him. As we contact people on our journey, we confront all kinds of situations this situation here is a situation where a woman, she's actually hemorrhaging. Yeah. You know, for 12 years, this shows that in this society, it's full of death, not just physical death, but psychological and spiritual death, where life is just leaking out of people. And Chris, what we need to do as we contact people with the Lord is we need to get them to touch the Lord. You see, when she touched the Lord, she was immediately healed. Even ourselves. If we just touch him, then he dispenses himself into us and we're healed, not just physically, but I mean psychologically and spiritually. So as we contact people, we need to get them to pray with us so that they can touch the Lord and bring them to Christ himself. And Chris, you know, Brother Lee ended with our journey. There's all kinds of complications. We need to remember that Christ lives in us as our life. And this life can fit in any situation. It can endure any kind of environment, and it can work in under any kind of circumstance. And this is the indwelling life we have. It's an all-powerful life. This life is a person, Christ himself. He can fit in any kind of situation, and we need to get people, the dying people, to touch him so that they can be healed. The lesson from this woman, this suffering woman, touching the Lord, even the fringe of his garment, the same life that confronted and conquered all of these situations is the life that we get when we touch this one today, isn't it? Exactly, Chris. And when we touch the Lord, what happens is he dispenses himself as the life supply into our being so that we can express him. Not only do we get healed inwardly, But he works himself into us 
so that we can express him as the man's savior revealed in the Gospel of Luke. I was going to say that don't these life study messages give you an appreciation, not just for the savior in a general way, but the man savior that we keep seeing in this Gospel of Luke. Exactly. I mean, you you realize there's never been a man like this in human history. He is the God-man to carry out God's purpose. Ed, thanks for your fellowship today. Okay, we're out of time and uh, enough time to invite you to contact us. I'll give you our toll-free number. It's 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. For Ed Marks today, I'm Chris Weil. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. The focus of Living Stream is the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China in the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Witness Lee brought this ministry first to Taiwan, then later to North America, and eventually to the entire world. For more than 20 years, he spoke these life study messages, unveiling how each book of the Bible shows God's eternal plan. God, through Christ, wants to dispense his life and nature into redeemed man so that man would become God's expression, enlargement, counterpart, and habitation. These studies go far beyond mere doctrine and unveil a personal, practical, and experiential Christ. In these short 26-minute programs, we summarize and condense Witness Lee's rich speaking. But to enjoy all the riches in these messages, we hope you'll visit our website at lifestudy.com. There, you can read all of the Life Study messages absolutely free of charge. You can even create your own Life Study reading schedule or download more Life Study audio programs just like this one, and all at no cost. Again, the website, lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening.